0: coaches, there is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. (sighs) This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts.
1: Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquardt.
0: And Sandra Garcia here.
1: And we are here with Miha Matlioski, and I'm so excited to be talking with him because he had four companies go bankrupt overnight back in 2009. This landed him in $5 million of personal debt and he didn't even have the option for personal bankruptcy. He ended up climbing back to the top and turned that into eight figures in less than a year. So Miha, welcome. I cannot wait to hear more of your story. Welcome. Um, hey Adam
2: and hey Sandra.
1: It's uh, really a pleasure to be here to be your guest. Thank you. Thank you. So that is probably the most epic intro I have ever had the opportunity to do with someone. So I would love to hear kind of more about that story and give you the opportunity to unpack that for everyone who's listening. Okay, well, let's start in the beginning.
2: So I was a high school dropout. I dropped out of high school when I was uh, 17, Um, started working for my father's company at 18. And I was basically just son by occupation, so not doing much, just enjoying life. But then my father suddenly died. And since I was the only child, I had to take over his company. And that's how my entrepreneurial journey actually began. And soon, I was doing really well. I started creating new companies. And by the time I was 30, I had four companies and my personal net worth was around 15 million US. I mean, coming from Europe, it was in euros, but uh, I tried to calculate that for your audience and it's roughly 15 million US. At that time, I thought that, you know, I'm the king of the world. I know how to do business. I know everything. So I got really cocky. I got uh, really overconfident. And I started, well, I was making like huge mistakes, failures, and all that. But I didn't recognize them because, you know, the the whole economy was just booming in Europe. Like in 2005, 2006, if you just went past bank, like they were throwing money at you just to take loan and and buy something with it. So the thing was, I thought how great I am. But in reality, the economy was that was really great. And so when the financial crisis hit in 2008 in the USA, And then came to Europe at roughly in 2009, things started to, you know, fall apart. And it was December the 7th, Monday, a phone call from the bank. We are not going forward with your project. You need to return what you used so far, or we are going to go with the bankruptcy. And so overnight, and because all my other companies were tied into that loan by co-signing it overnight, four companies bankrupt. And I didn't end up owing money to just one bank. I ended up owing money to basically half of my country because, you know, everything happened so suddenly. I was unable to give my workers the last month paycheck. I was not able to pay the taxes, pay suppliers, and and so on and so on. So it was just a domino effect, which ended up because I was co-signing a lot of the things myself as well. So I went from 15 million plus to almost 5 million US in debt. So I lost around 20 million in like two weeks altogether. And in Europe if your companies go bankrupt and then you don't pay the workers and you don't pay the government, that kind of like limits your possibility and you can't do personal bankruptcy. So I had to repay the whole thing. I mean in the intro you were a bit quick on that part. So it was not me bouncing back in in 1 year. It took me 7 years to repay that. The way I repaid it was with my last startup that I started in 2014. And I scaled that one from zero to multiple eight figures a month in under a year. But uh, right after the bankruptcies, I went into huge depression, permanent anxiety state. I was under huge stress And, you know, like I didn't have any goals or dreams. I stopped believing in them. You know, there's no tunnel, no light, no nothing. And my head was just like a nuclear reactor. You know, every morning I would wake up to gazillion phone calls from all the uh, people I owed money to. And those were not nice phone calls. They were not saying like, oh, yeah, we're going to sue you. That would be really nice. No, it was like death threats and so on. So my head was on the verge of exploding 24-7 with everything going on. You know, like I, there was no peace, no quiet, no nothing. And slowly you start craving that silence. And so the idea of suicide started creeping in, creeping in. And then in the second half of 2010, I remember being on the balcony just before they would impound my apartment as well. And I start climbing over. Like I was dead set on, you know, like just, I need that peace. I need that quiet. And it was two things that created, let's say, an aha moment. The first one was, so my father died and all my other relatives died. So I only had my mother. And under certain laws, part of my debt would go on to her. And, you know, like she was retired, how on earth would she repay anything? So that would lead her to become homeless and so on. So that was like, you know, that guilt that that came to me, like, and from that guilt, one sentence came, you fucking failed. And the aha moment was the word you, because up to that moment, I was blaming it on everything and everybody else my business partners my co-workers my employees my the economy the government you name it i was blaming what happened to me on anybody on everything on everybody else and at that moment it all came to me i did those mistakes i chose not to go to a lawyer and just take a look at the contract myself i chose not to do this i chose to work with this person i chose this project and so on and that led to another thought which was really the empowering one if those were my fuck ups i can learn from them i can change my bad habits i can learn new things i can do things differently and i already did it once with all the mistakes that i did so if this time i don't do the mistakes i can do it even bigger and that was so empowering I ended up staying up all night and I just wrote this huge list. It, it was almost like, you know, writing it on a roll of toilet paper so long. It was like everything I need to work on, everything I need to change, everything I need to learn, you know, like just this huge list. And the first thing that I did in the morning was I started calling people instead of them calling me. And I was, you know, so I owe you money. I get it. You want money. You need money. But I don't owe you guys a few thousand dollars. Like, I can't just get a job and repay the whole thing. I need to create something massive to repay all that money. So, you, when you call me in the morning and you start with the threats, you put me in depression for all day. Stop calling me. Or if you are dead set on, you know, like having the satisfaction by killing me, come here, do it now. I don't care. I honestly don't care. And I really didn't care at that moment. And I just told them like, I'll call you once a month if that's okay with you and give you a report what's happening. You can A, just stop calling me or B, you know me, you know who I am. So what I'm good at, so maybe you can even like help and and open some doors so you'll get your money even faster. Most of them didn't, but at least they stopped calling me, all of them. And I was able to start working on myself first and then on my business. Because this is one thing as a business coach that I get all the time. Entrepreneurs come to me, how do I increase sales? How do I do this? How do I do that? I mean, the how-tos are so simple. It's the foundation. It's the soft skills. It's the mindset, the emotional intelligence and, and all that things. That's the important stuff. I mean, you know, like just... Imagine you're trying to build a house and you create foundations for, for a tiny house. And then you start building uh, this huge skyscraper on top of it. Ain't gonna work, you know, sooner or later it will all fall down. Ain't gonna work. So, you know, like you need to constantly work on yourself. And, and, you know, like I was trying to build a skyscraper, but I had foundations for, a you know, like a wooden hut in the mountains. So, I had to first build the foundations and and so that's why it took me so many years. It took me like three years, three and a half years just to work on myself before I even started the business and all that and it was things like like I mentioned emotional intelligence being mindful changing habits setting goals achieving goals getting rid of procrastinations uh, being productive and you know like just I can just go on and on and on because yeah the list of things that I needed to work on was really huge because I think that I've I've done everything wrong what you can do wrong before that crash and yeah then in 2014 I created the Startup. Just to give you uh, an idea what it was about so that the numbers can make sense, it was an energy efficiency startup, which means helping big corporations save on how much electricity and gas they use. And, you know, when you have like huge corporations spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year on on gas and electricity, and then you save them 20-30% and you get half of that, that's when the numbers make sense. You know, like you can't, I mean, I can't imagine scaling a copywriting business from zero to multiple eight figures in less than a year. So just, you know, because when I tell that story, everybody's like, Oh, dude, this is not possible. Yes, it's possible when you are in a certain industry. And that's it. And then I did My exit, and everybody started calling me. You know, like my country, where I come from, is a really small country, two million people. That's, by the way, where your dear first lady, Melania, comes from as well. But yeah, we are quite happy that she's staying with you guys. So yeah, just keep her there. <laughs> um, that's perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, so everybody knows everybody. So companies, entrepreneurs started calling me and, you know, like, can you tell us like how you managed to be So high up, go so high down or so not high, but yeah, you know what I mean. And then bounce back. And I remember my first talk when I first told this story publicly was uh, for a business school in our country, a small business school. But what I didn't know was that half of the people in the room would be people that, you know, I owed money to before and so on. So they all wanted to hear the story. And when I entered the room, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> and at first, I, and at first, I was like, you know, how can I now polish the whole story in a way so that will, you know, make me uh, come out good and, you know, like blame it again on something outside, you know, and the circumstances and so on. And then I just said to myself, like, if you're gonna do this fail thing, do it right. No more lying, no more masks, no more pretending, no more anything. Just say the way it is or just go home. And then I stood there, I told the whole story and I was shocked. When people that, you know, like we had this not so pleasant conversations in the past started coming to me and, you know, like, oh my God, I never knew what you went through, how hard it was for you, like you're a winner and and so on. So it it was like this amazing moment. And uh, yeah, since then, failure is my middle name.
1: (laughs) I love that. That is... Incredible. Your whole story, your whole journey. Thank you for sharing that. I love hearing that you kind of had that experience where you stepped into taking ownership of things. And I think that that's something that is so incredibly important is that there's a lot of people that live in the victim mindset and that they live very reactively. And one of my favorite books is actually called Extreme Ownership. It's about how US Navy SEALs lead and win. And in that book, they talk about kind of some of the same principles that you're talking about, you know, with stop passing blame on everybody else. Like, even if it's somebody else's fault in some way, you know, it's your fault. You miscommunicated. You didn't set clear expectations. You didn't lead them well, like whatever it is. And it seems like once you had that, you really stepped up and shifted into, okay, you know what? I did this once and I may have failed at it. But if I learn from those failures and I take extreme ownership and I change and step up and step into this, I know that I can do it again. The thing is just when
2: you blame things on anything outside of you, you know, like God doesn't want me to be successful. The government is at fault for this. My friend didn't do his part when we were starting a business, whatever. My workers didn't do their best. You can't do anything because, you know, it's not up to you. So you just have to wait until the circumstances change. And if they don't, you just wait, wait, wait. And when you take that responsibility, so I did something wrong, you signal your brain, like, now, like, figure out what you can do differently. You know, like, what can I do? How can I change this circumstance? So it's it's all about either being passive
1: or being active. Mm -hmm. So... You had failed. This all happened in 2009. And then you launched the business that scaled the eight figures you said in 2014. Yes. So from the time that you were on that balcony and you were just ready for it to all be over until 2014, was there anything that you were doing as far as work, as far as, you know, making an income to, you know, I guess start to climb out of where you were or was it just strictly focused on like that personal development and growing yourself? No, I was, I was constantly
2: trying something, but nothing worked. You know, like I would get this business venture to 80, 90% and then I needed, you know, somebody to sign a contract and bam, nothing happened. And, you know, then you start thinking whether you are now cursed with I don't know what and, you know, like maybe it's karma returning all the bad things that you're doing. And you go into that negative self-talk. And the point is that everything starts here. It doesn't start on the outside. And until I was really ready, until I really did things, until I started really owning my own mistakes, and and actually, I can still remember, it was in November 2013, when I realized why I needed those lessons, and I started appreciating them and being thankful for them. And, you know, like, I was, oh my God, I would totally buy beer to those guys who you know, I, I, for all these years, I thought, you know, like how they are to be blamed. And only when that like huge rock fell off my chest and I was really, really free, I really let go of everything, the magic started happening.
0: Wow. You know, Miha, that was the first time that I had heard that story. And I am speechless I think that most people spend an entire lifetime avoiding failure. And you just talked about everything that they're missing out on, like taking responsibility and ownership over what happened empowered you to take the steps and to move into the direction that you wanted to go to and and rebuild from the ground up. And that foundation that you were talking about, like ground zero was where you rebuilt your entire life, but that's because you got back to the foundation of it. And it's just incredibly powerful to think like you said, everything begins and ends in your mind and like you can create, you can do things, but if, if the foundation is not solid, it's only a matter of time before they're going to get torn down and, and you're going to have to start again. So the building, the real building is happening inside and it starts with your personal growth and it just puts a lot into perspective for sure. Um,
2: you know, like business-wise, I mostly work with, entrepreneurs and sometimes with corporations. And I see this all the time. You know, like I don't know. First thing that you need to do when you're starting your company, pick a niche. Everybody knows that. But that's not you do it once document. You know, like you every I do it every month. I go through the exercise because within a month I talk with certain amount of new people. I have certain amount of new interactions. So every month, I mean, it's really polished now, but every month I still add something to it. I still get even more clarity. My message is even clearer, you know? And, and business plan, it's not you write it once and forget about it and then just execute. No, these are ongoing processes. You always need to, when things are not going the way they should be, you always need to go back to the beginning. Because there's something in the foundation that, you know, like the butterfly effect, the little things in the foundation that are then through time creating this massive failures or successes. But it's all, everything starts with the foundation. And when I pointed to my head, I didn't just want to say yes in your mind, but, you know, like within you as a whole, like in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. I'm a huge believer in holistic approach because... You can push yourself just doing business, but what good will that be when you lose health or you lose your family or, or, you know, like your wife or your husband says, well, you know what, I'm done with you. You just work. Or, you know, like you end up looking back and you see that your kids are all grown up and where were you all that time? I mean, you know, like a happy person, a fulfilled person needs to take care of a whole, you need to approach it holistically. But the thing that excites me the most and I'm most passionate about is actually showing people how to develop healthy relationship, healthy emotional relationship with failure. Because, you know, failure Is just things happening to you and something that happens to you and you might, you know, translate that to yourself in a negative way. I might say, wow, that's an amazing thing, you know, and you translate everything through emotions. And so if your emotional emotional reaction is a positive one, you say, wow, I failed. You know, now I know what doesn't work and I can just move on and then try this and try that. You know, when you change those things, again, magic happens. And of course, there are many things how you can, let's say, prevent failure as well.
0: For anyone that's listening right now and failure has kept them from doing that thing that they know they should be doing, like what is the remedy for, for fear of failure? Like what would you suggest? Like what's the starting point?
2: Well, first... There needs to be some desire or drive. Without that, you will not move. You know, you need to connect with yourself, with who you are. If you don't know what you're passionate about, just go out there. You know, try a few things. Figure out what you're passionate about. But there must be a certain desire, certain drive, certain passion. Um, and if you don't have that, there's nothing that will that will you know put you on that on that path to figure out how to get rid of fear of failure. But if there is just a little bit of some desire, well, then a lot can be done because there are great techniques how you can motivate, find motivation, how you can change or flip that pain of past and create it into motivation and things like that. And then, of course, there are steps that you can do. Uh, Things are really easy once you figure out what it is that you want to do or what you're passionate about, what drives you. But if there is no drive within you, no, you know, not that ignition that will fuel you forward, um, you will just keep finding excuses. That's why I'm, you know, doing this failures anonymous thing where I'm interviewing people who are open and ready to share their stories. Um, It's because we are used to just holding all that failure and all that burden and mistakes and all that within us. And it comes to the point where you feel same as being constipated. There is this huge energy around your belly area and it feels yeah like being constipated. It's just the negative energy. And once you start letting that out, the healing process starts. And you know, Okay, I know my story is a story of huge numbers, and most people can't even understand those numbers. But those numbers are irrelevant. It's all about emotions. I've worked with people who lost a fraction of what I did, but they had the same emotions. They were suicidal and so on. So it has nothing to do with the numbers. I mean, I'm just lucky enough that my numbers are big enough so that they open space where, you know podcasters and, and newspapers and, and conference organizers say, oh yeah, big numbers, let's get this guy on the stage. So they're just door opener, nothing else. But other than that, the whole point of what I'm trying to do is get people to start talking about failure because I think when we are going through certain things and we lost that drive and everything, those stories of other people who went through similar things that's why I need many different stories, not just mine. Not everybody wants what I want or what I wanted. Um, and, and I think that then gives hope. And from hope comes belief. And from belief, you can you know, uh, slowly get some fuel and, and then you can start yourself going. To me, it was very helpful to listen to TED Talks back then you know, seeing those guys who ended up on a wheelchair and so on. And I was like, how can you say that that's the best thing that ever happened to you? I mean, are you crazy? You know, like you're on a wheelchair and, and he's there standing in front of the audience and you can feel that he's really sincere, that that's the best thing that ever happened to him. Now I can understand. Yeah. Now I can see how all the failures I went through were best things that ever happened to me. And that's why I love failure now.
1: Absolutely. And I think that something that you really hit on is that even I'll say specifically, I feel like males tend to bottle a lot of that up and carry the weight of that. And, and oftentimes even have guilt around certain things that may be associated or tied with failure. And I speak about that from my own personal experience where on my entrepreneurial journey over the last 10 years, I've failed over nine different times. And a lot of times I would carry that with me as like, well, you can't do this because you failed before or you failed in this aspect. So don't even try again, or, you know, all these different old stories that would, you know, be bottled up and and just, I would just be lugging them around like, you know, chained to me. And I let that define me. I let that define my choices. I let that define the goals I would set, the things I would go after. Three years ago, I would have never had a podcast. Because who wants to hear from you? You're a failure. You failed, right? Like, And I think that that's so important to share that you know, one, failing, it happens to all of us. I don't care who you are and what aspect, you have failed, you will fail again. And to know that you're not alone in that, like you said, it gives people hope. And I think that when I really got out of my head and started talking about that, and actually at one point I wrote it down and I went live on Facebook and I shared all of those things, but I also shared what, I've learned from them and what I took away from them. And it was at that point that I was able to kind of shift and I reposition those. And I'm like, wow, each of those, what I had previously referred to as failures actually served me as a blessing because they got me to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And each thing that I quote unquote failed in gave me skills or resources or people or just whatever it was that built upon the journey that I was on. And, you know, it's not always easy. You don't always have all the solutions and you will fail. But when you can look at those things as a blessing and really reflect on the positive outcome of that i think that that's the thing that keeps you going and can continue to give you hope and like you said you know knowing that you're not alone speaking about it pressing into others who have failed as well i think that's such a pivotal part of the journey um adam so one thing I'm not good about physics, but I
2: know that, you know, there is some physics law that says, the you know, as much down as you go, the the same amount, you can go up as well. And that actually scares me because I'm not sure that I failed enough in my life to really achieve what I want to achieve. But the thing is, you know, the more pain you go through, the bigger the hunger. I have huge problems working with people who just went through life, you know, like, you know steady pace, not much ups, not much downs it's It's really hard to motivate them, yeah, you know, so everything comes from that pain, from that failure. I mean, would you even learn what you have learned so far if that pain wouldn't drive you and create more and more hunger like imagine just having this knife's life. Why would you strive for something bigger and more, you know, if you would just nicely get by? Save a little bit, go for two, three vacations a year, and so on. you know yeah. like it's that pain that that creates the hunger.
0: yeah, as I'm listening to all of this, so we actually had a strategy call Adam and I had a strategy call with Miha, and he had sent a few follow-up questions, and one of them was um, list all of your failures. And I agree with you 100% about that polarity or like the learning by contrast, like you don't know what you have until you don't have it. And you don't know what you're striving for until you, you're being kept from having that thing that you deserve or that you're yearning for. And when I read that question, it's like, what are your failures? I'm like, "Ah, I had a really hard time finding my failures. And I realized that my biggest failure in life was failing to fail. And playing safe enough and playing small, not taking the risks in order to prevent that failure, which I didn't even understand. I was living that way until I was presented with that. So a lot of my failures were failures to launch, where I had a lot of great business ideas, and I had all the resources, I had the momentum, I had the drive. And then I would switch gears. And it was always something, something that pulled me out or I, I gave some excuse. And it would distract me from it. And I realized that now where I'm at in my life, I'm living my dream. And I couldn't feel like more of a failure in this moment where I quit my corporate job. I'm building my dream business, living in my dream home with my dream fiance. Everything couldn't be any better. And it goes back to that that foundation and now I'm in a different point in my life and it's scary. The height, the altitude is starting to, to strike up this fear that was so unfamiliar. And I'm realizing that a lot of the things that I've been keeping myself from doing are coming, they're stemming from this fear of failing. And because of that, I'm failing, you know, to my standards or to my definition. So yeah, even just this short conversation, I'm, I'm just feeling it's inspiring and it it does like evoke that feeling of like, of hope. And if you have those, those fundamentals, like you can, you can build on anything, as long as you know where your ground is, you can build. So yeah, yeah.
2: And realizing, you know, like, so entrepreneurs, again, they go through many stages. I mean, like, let's say the most known stages are, you know, like you go to five figures a month, and then from five to six, from six to seven, seven to eight, and so on every step needs new foundations you need to add to existing foundations because you know like it's totally different style of leadership when you are let's say at six figures a month and you have 20 people in your team or when you're at seven or eight and and you have hundreds of people in your team and you know um you can't know anybody everybody by name you can't hang out uh you know, and have a few beers every Friday and so on. So you need to, like, you need completely different set of leadership skills, or, or the leadership techniques, and so on. And if you don't build upon that foundation, sooner or later, everything falls apart, like the house of
1: cards. Absolutely. And I think that's such a, important thing back to your point earlier about the, you know, trying to build a skyscraper on a foundation for a small house. I think that that's the thing that a lot of people overlook is they just want to jump into business and they, you know want to start making 20 K a month. Right. And I think that there is a lot of, things that need to be you know, understood, a lot of things that need to be considered, a lot of things that need to be dissected. And I think that goes back to the point of, look, you've gotta have clarity around like the vision. Where are you going? What are you trying to accomplish? And I think that that's something where people either underestimate and they just throw out this kind of like vision statement sentence, which doesn't really hold any value to them. It doesn't evoke any emotion. They can't feel it in their bones. But somebody on YouTube said they should do it, so they took five minutes and crafted it, right? But it's more than that. It's about really diving deep and understanding like, what is it that you want? Where is it that you're going? Like, what is your actual vision? And is that realistic? you know, there's some people who are like, well, I want to end world hunger. It's like, okay, like how can you scale that vision back to being something that is tangible, trackable and executable now and, or, or in the sh- you know, near future. And that's one of the things that's funny when oftentimes I ask people when we're trying to dissect, like, what is, what is your purpose? Like, where are you going? And one of the questions that I ask is like, all right, let's presume that you won the lottery, but you had to maintain working 20 or 25 hours a week. What would you do? And everybody always says, well, I'll travel the world. I'm like, yeah, everybody's going to travel the world, but that's so broad. Like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be with? Where are you going to go? Are you going to be on a camel? Are you going to be on a yacht? You know what I mean? But it's like getting clear on that vision, what it looks like to the point where, as Sandra usually says, like you can feel it in your bones, that emotional tie to it, that just visioneering.
2: Yeah. The vision that is so much bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have this one exercise and, and you two are definitely going to do it in our <laughs> one of our next sessions um, that it's nicely named PDF, um, but it's about purpose-driven focus, finding that purpose-driven focus. You know, like I can, I, you know, uh, I mean, when I have to go on a stage, for example, you know, and, and you see, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred people are there sitting Still, I'm shaking, I'm sweating. i'm I need to hold the microphone next to my chest just so that people don't see how my hands is shaking. 10 minutes before I go on a stage, I'm oh my God, will I pee myself on the stage? <laughs> um, and, and all those things. And, you know, about five minutes before I have to do it, I'm like, why on earth are you putting yourself through all this? Why do you do that? Like, why? Why you? Like, But then, you know, it's like, who else? You know, like somebody needs to break this taboo called failure. It, just might as well be me. And you know, when I started talking to people in my country, so you need to understand 2 million people, the mindset there is very close-minded. You know, like when you tell somebody, oh, let's go for a beer to a cafe that's 10 minutes drive away from his home, they say, oh my God, so far. Because the country is so small. People are used to, you know, like, Everything is three minutes away. And then when they need to do 10 minutes, it's, it's they go crazy. And then when I was saying this to people and then they saw me, you know, like in magazines all around Europe, they saw me on stages all around Europe, like, and they were like, oh my God, you probably actually will do that. But nobody, you know, like, I mean, I was just seen crazy. And that's what happens to every entrepreneur, you know, like entrepreneurs, if you look up the definition. It's the crazy people with this huge vision that, you know, almost nobody can understand and you can't understand it. It's just that inner feeling that just drives you there and you're willing to go through any obstacle. You are willing to, you know, push through anything that comes along your way. And, you know, I often say, I don't know if I will, you know, fulfill this vision of mine, but the only way to stop me is if I die along the way, I won't stop. And it might take me 10 years, 20 years, I don't know. But, you know, just looking at the past year, because before that, like six months ago, I had 100 friends on Facebook. And I had this rule that you can be my friend on Facebook if we had a beer in the past six months. And then, you know, something flipped in my head and I need to use social media. And that started in January. So like, yes, yeah, six, seven months ago. And in those seven months, I've been on podcasts that are downloaded by tens of thousands of people. I've been, you know, in huge groups. I've been on new stages I've been in magazines, you know, in in, in just six, seven months. So I hope it will be less than 20 years. But, you know, even if it takes me so long, I'm ready to do it. I I know what I want to achieve.
1: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. My question on that would be, what is it that makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Like, what is that one thing? The one thing that my dreams. uh, What are they
0: like? what is your vision? What is it that you're working towards? Like, I'm at the edge of my seat right now. Like, I want to be a part of this movement, because I can feel the passion and the energy Um, behind that.
2: You know, I don't believe in setting goals in a classical way. Because if anything, I've learned that if you work on yourself, on your personal development, and, and, and all that, you change so rapidly, and your goals change with that as well. I don't have the same goals that I had a year ago. So going for a goal that you have set like three years ago, and just to cross it off, is, is a complete waste of time. What I do is I have this vision, or it's more like pot where I want to go. And that's, you know, breaking the taboo called failure, and the whole idea behind it is uh, came from sex, 30, 40 years ago you know, sex was a huge taboo. Nobody was talking about it. Now go to a local McDonald's, like everybody's telling something kinky or this or that. And, and, you know, that made me thinking like, how did we do it? And it was by talking openly about it. So, um, I, I, that's the only way I can see how we can break this taboo called failure. And then I'm huge a lover of animals. I want to create a foundation or something. And, and, you know, for both my dogs are rescued from the streets. And, and, you know, I want to make more of that in, in that direction. And just generally, I love helping people. I love giving. So, yeah, that's what gets me out of the bed. And, you know, like I have some personal goals as well or dreams. Like my huge fetish ever since I can remember was to live someday somewhere where I can wear flip-flops all year long. And (laughs) I don't know, like recently I started looking at, you know, maybe the Caribbean part of Mexico or something like that. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's not... You know, like, just let's go with the flow. I love it where I am right now. I enjoy doing what I am here. I'm trying to give to the local community as much as possible. Because before me, nobody was creating meetups on personal and business development. Every Everything was, you know, like learn WordPress, learn, you know, design, learn this programming language. So we are creating like a community, you know, centered around personal and business development and all these soft skills. And, you know, on the first meetup, it was like, I don't know, 12 people came. And now on the last one, the fourth one, it was already around 70, 80 people. So we are slowly gathering pace there as well. So it's more or less like this idea that I just want to give as much as I can without any expectation. And of course, I still, you know, have struggles in that department. But that's one thing that I would really like to achieve to, to live my life by just giving whatever feels right in that moment, wherever I feel I can. Make the greatest impact in that moment and really not expecting anything in return.
1: That's Beautiful. Uh, that is beautiful. I love that because I think that sometimes people end up giving with the expectation of something or with some kind of hidden agenda. And to know that you're doing that and giving all of yourself and putting all of that out there, you know, with no expectation is huge. So
2: I mean, it's it's not just you know expecting something. So I do something for you, and I'm expecting something from you. Even when they are just expecting that, you know, like karma will give back to you. So I do something good for you, but then I'm expecting that, you know, like, oh, uh, three new clients will just, you know, materialize out of thin air in the next three weeks or, or you know, um, sometimes we associate it in that way as well. And I want to, you know,
1: let go of that as well so if everybody listening could walk away with one tip one insight one strategy to help themselves whether they've failed before or whether they're failing right now or they're going through that valley you know what from a personal growth personal development side would you share with them that would hopefully impact them in a positive way very simple so. The first thing that got me to
2: my failures was that I stopped being humble. So stay humble. The second one was be grateful because I wasn't grateful for what I had. I was just, you know, going for new and bigger and better and, you know, and and never just stopping and being grateful for what I already had and then fail forward. You know, there are ways to fail forward, fail smart, fail forward. And that's actually, you know, the slogan or the, the tagline of uh, our uh, Fail Forward Nation group on Facebook. It's stay humble, be grateful, and fail forward. And of course, everybody can join, you know, like we are trying to, you know, it's a small, nice community of people. It's a very safe environment where we can talk about our failures and the lessons learned and and all that. And of course, most people there are uh, connected with the entrepreneurial world. So we dive into those subjects as well. But it's, it's, it's far from the group being about me. Like everybody's invited to share whatever they want and you know, just contribute to the family.
1: And what's the name of the group again? We'll include the link in the show notes. The Fail Forward Nation. Awesome. Perfect. We will get that in there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I do have like a Facebook page, but I don't use it. So if anybody just wants to talk to me or connect with me or whatever, like just find my personal profile, connect with me. I love talking to people. I love jumping on a call and, and just Yeah. Helping as much as I can.
1: Perfect. We will include both the link to the group and the link to your personal profile in the show notes for anybody who's listening that wants to learn more or maybe connect with him. Maybe you resonated with his story and you want to follow along. We will share both those things with you guys. I'm so excited. Miha. Thank you so much for being a part of this and sharing your story and your journey. I know that there's going to be people listening who it's inspired, who it's helped and who hopefully it is going to move them through this failure, through their past failures onto the next level.
2: Well, thanks to both of you, Adam and Sandra. Well, I should have said Sandra and Adam, so the ladies (laughs) first. Uh, Yeah, uh, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Thank you for letting me share the story. It's not that I love my story so much, but one thing that I've learned so far is if I don't start, if somebody doesn't start, then people don't open up back. And, and that's why I start with the story. And every time somebody then uh, comes to me and, and starts sharing their story, and a lot of times it's for the first time ever. So that's the whole point of me even sharing the story.
0: And Miha, I'm incredibly grateful for listening to your story because already I feel something shifted inside of me. And I know that anyone who's listening that. Is has failed or is failing in this moment is, is going to take away something. So I'm, I'm looking forward to joining that movement and breaking the taboo for failure. I'm all for it. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Awesome. It will be <laughs> lovely having you around in that movement. So yeah, again, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I wish you both a pleasant day and yeah, talk to you soon, guys.
1: Thanks, guys. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you wanna catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.